I realized that I am not a young man anymore. So I left all of the, the jumping and running around to you young folks. I've got to conserve my energy. <laughs> it is good to be in the house of the Lord. God is so good all the time. Amen. God is good. Well, I want to, uh, again, reemphasize some of the announcements that is made and, again, uh, have some wonderful devotions that are going out during this Lent season. Amen. Ash Wednesday, which was this past Wednesday, uh, all the way until Easter. Uh, wasn't the service powerful on Wednesday? Churches gathered together here. Amen. The Bible says how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to gather together in unity. And well, we're, I heard the report that people were so excited about what happened on uh, Wednesday that a few of us pastors will be getting together again this week to decide when are we going to do this again. Amen. It's good to see churches come together, and white churches, black, Asian. Uh, Nazarene, Baptist, Pentecostals, only God could do that, and we're grateful for that. But as I said, uh, there's some Lent season uh, devotionals that are going out, and the wonderful thing about it is that it's, these are devotionals, uh, little articles, I would say, that have been written by various people in our church, some are young people, some are, and when I say young, again, for me, anybody younger than me, and so young people or uh, elders, and if you want one of these devotionals just to start out your day, uh, please go to our website and sign up at PT Spice. No, please, at, sign up at PCTB. PCTB? No, PTCB. PTCB. Pentecostal Tabernacle Community Builders. Uh, you'll see it in the, I think it's the right hand corner of our website, and it will go out directly uh, to you. Want to remind you, turn your name and say, neighbor. Don't come here next week. Okay, don't come here next week because you know, it's, it's going to be shut down for the month and we will be at our North Campus, PT North, which is on 77 Columbia Street, same time, but we'll be at our other uh, church while we do a little some renovations here and then we'll be back here for Palm Sunday and Easter. So really excited about that. So I want to remind uh, those of you who are partners to so please, 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 I know you probably heard it before, but please check your emails uh, because there is a letter, special letter that has gone out uh, to those who are partners, that is members of PT. And so if you don't get one, that means you are not a member, but if you'd like to become a member, again, you can just go to our website want to also say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to our PT volunteers as we have celebrated you all month. <laughs> Those who have been working uh, so hard at various places that you don't even uh, realize or recognize, and, and, and especially uh, those who are working in media to make sure that those of you who are online can enjoy the service. And so I just want to let you know that, uh, again, by this Friday, if you're a volunteer of any uh, magnitude or any uh, uh, particular 
position, whether you're a prayer leader or you work on, or you're on a welcome team, please make sure that you sign up or accept our invitation uh, with regards to our, uh, I guess you would call it, we're having a celebration dinner uh, specifically for our volunteers. Again, we want to let you know how much we, we I, I could not do what God has called me to do without you. And therefore, we want to make sure that you know that you are appreciated. And at the end of the service, I want to bless all the volunteers with a special blessing. Praise the Lord. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. This is my uh, conclusion of a series I've been doing all month entitled, I Need Answers, and talking about uh, 10 indicators that will help you to get direction from God and, and understand what God is saying and what God is doing and how he is directing your, your path and things that you need to keep an eye on. And, uh, these are indicators that have helped me uh, throughout my life And I guess I could say I'm a little bit selfish in the sense that I'm not doing this specifically for you, uh, although this is what the Lord wants me to do this for, but I am really, uh, I, I've never been a, in a season in my life where I have needed direction from God that was so crucial for where I am at this stage in my life and where I'm going. And it's, and what's even makes it more serious and more sobering with regards to what God is doing in my life and needing so desperately to, to pay attention to these indicators is because not only am I trying to lead myself, because you can't lead anybody until you first learn how to lead yourself. Amen, that's for you young ladies who are looking for a husband if he can't lead himself, don't put yourself under his leadership. I am preaching already. But I'm also leading my family, and I'm leading this church, and God has opened up some doors where I'm giving leadership in other places. God opened up the door where I was, last week I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was one of the leaders, meeting with a bunch of leaders, about 20 from around the country of the major, it's called the uh, Pentecostal Charismatic Churches of North America. So there's about 20 of us, uh, head of uh, Church of God in Christ, head of the uh, Assemblies of God, and just sitting at a, at a table with these leaders in Canada. And, uh, and I was just honored, like, wow, God, look what you're doing and just uh, talking about what God is doing and listening and realizing. What, what excited me is that we are in the, the flow of what God is doing in the kingdom around North America. You know, the, the churches from, uh, not churches, but leaders and apostles and bishops from, like I said, Canada and, of course, the United States as well as uh, Mexico. So it's really 
as the, as the Lord has been uh, enlarging our sphere of influence, with more influence becomes, comes more responsibility. I'll say that again, with more influence comes more responsibility. To whom much is given, much is going to be required. And those of you who are in school or you're in jobs that God seems to be giving you more influence, and influence doesn't have anything to do with, with position, influence has everything to do with who God seems to be drawing to follow you. Turn to the person next to you and tell them you're a, you are a leader. Okay, if you, I don't care if you're a mom, a dad, a godmom, a god uh, uncle, whatever you may be, if people are following you, you are a leader. And as John Maxwell says, if you are leading and nobody is following you, then you are simply taking a walk. But if people are following you, then it is a very heavy responsibility because God will hold you responsible for making sure that you're walking according to his leadership principles. Proverbs 3, verse 1 to 7 says, My child, son or daughter, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commandments in your heart. Say in your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, my attitude, that I shall not sin again, that I might not sin against you. It says, if you do this, if you hide the word in your heart, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty or kindness leave you. Tie kindness, tie loyalty, tie, tie faithfulness around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and man. If you want favor with people, tie kindness around your heart. Amen. That, that, is a, that is a tough word for those of us who were raised in Massachusetts, but the Lord is faithful. Uh, not only will you find favor with both God and people, but you will also earn or win a good reputation, a good name. When people hear your name, they will celebrate as, a safe, as, as opposed to saying, oh my goodness, look who's coming. You want people to be excited about your being in their presence because it, uh, it gives you an opportunity to win people for the kingdom of God. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, your attitude. Do not depend upon your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do or in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will show you which path to take. The reason why you need a path that he shows you because the scripture says uh, uh, um, uh, there is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but the end of that way is death. Uh, one of the things why our hearts are so important uh, is, is the fact that, that Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 and 10, it, 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 he says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Above everything that, that, that means above your ability to love, above everything that your heart does, it will deceive you. That's why People call it falling in love. How, when did you fall in love? I, didn't, I did not fall in love with Carmen. The Lord 
put a love in my heart for Kame. I don't know too many instances where falling is a good thing. Think, think about that. Think about that. Think about that. A lot of divorces that took place because people fall, fell in love. There is a, the heart is deceitful above all things. Well, my heart is not deceived. That's the whole purpose of deception is for you not to know. One of the things that my wife and I regularly pray is God help us to make sure that our hearts are not deceived. Because you don't know when you're deceived. And he says, who can know that the heart is deceived? Who can know your motives? But the Lord said, I know the heart. And I try, I test the kidneys. I test the gut. I, I, I put your motives to the test. Mm. You may think you're a nice person, but then God allows somebody to get a promotion that you should have gotten. Then you will find out. Because you don't understand your heart. If you don't leave with anything else, understand this, you and I do not understand our hearts. And that's why God said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but, I, but, but the, the way I get you to understand that you cannot live by anything other than the word of God is because he puts us in the wilderness to test what's in our hearts. And the word wilderness is the word wild er ness wild er ness Ness means the position, wild means out of control, and er means more out of control. The more control you want, the more God is making your life out of control so that you have to depend upon him. Tell somebody he's talking about you right now. That's why you're upset. You know, you thought you would be here, but you're not there. Why? Because it's out of your control and God is testing your heart. And, it's, and, and the good news is that it's an open book test. The answers are already, already in the Bible. So I need answers. And, and, and I used the example of an automobile as a mode of transportation that will take us into the plan that God has for us. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, many of us, it's a well-known scripture where it says, God says, I know the plans I have for you. The plans that are good and plans that are for your peace. The opposite of peace, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, is, says God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If you find your life in confusion, guess what? You are in Babylon. Because the word Babylon literally means confusion. The devil is always trying to keep us confused. And so it is imperative that we get a hold of God and know his will. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He's not, he's not trying to figure out his plan and purpose for you. 
He already knows where you're supposed to be. Some of you wonder right now, how in the world did I end up living in Massachusetts? God brought you here. Some of you kicking and screaming. Some of you, like Elder Roy said, I know you're saying, all right, still trying to get back to New York. It's too late, ha, too late, ha. Some of you, you know, like, some of you are saying, man, if anybody told me three years ago that I would be in a Pentecostal church, I'd have said, as, the, as some of the people down south say, you a lie. Okay? They don't say you're a lie, they say you a lie. And yet God has you here because he has a plan. I, I, think, I'm, I think God is talking to somebody because some of you are upset that God had the audacity to work out his plan in your life without your permission. <laughs> he, he has this ridiculous notion that he is God and he can do whatever he wants to do. So we talked about moving very quickly. We talked about, okay, so how do I get to the destiny, the purpose, the plan that God has for me? And we use a car. So the first thing we do is, under, what's the indicators of understanding the, the plan of God? The first thing we have to do is get in the car. We talked about a Tesla, and a Tesla is interesting is that there's no knob to grab other than you push a button, and the knob comes open, and now you are in the Tesla, and so the first thing you have to do is to, to push the knob, meaning praise until something happens. The first thing we need to do, which so often we do not do, is we're to praise God and have a heart of thanksgiving. He says, enter his gates, Psalms 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. We ought to be thankful to God. We are the most unthankful people. If you find yourself more complaining about things than complimenting God, you, you, you really need to switch it around. Praise God. Worship Him. Thank Him. Appreciate Him. There's so much to appreciate God for. You have, you have, you have lungs that breathe. We were in... Um, we were in uh, Tennessee, peace and, uh, speaking at Pastor Rob's church this past fall, and, and I, I, there's a wonderful man of God, emergency, he's, emer he's the head of the emergency, uh, the emergency room department in his big hospital, had his own company, and I, and I saw him, uh, strong guy, but I saw him walking around, I guess you say with a respirator and the, and the thing through his nose, and I was surprised, but, but what had happened was that he had been working with COVID uh, patients all throughout the pandemic, and it ended up messing up his lungs. And I'm looking at this man, and I said, God, thank you. I have air to breathe. I don't need a mechanism. You ought to praise God for everything. Some of you, as I said, you have a, food, you have a refrigerator full of food. Some of it good, some of you shouldn't be eating. You got clothes on your back. God, God is good. You got a school to complain about. You got a job to complain about. 
Take 10 seconds right now and give God thanks. Right where you are, give God thanks. Give God thanks. Well, God, what's your will? God said, I'll tell you what my will is. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. In everything, not for everything, in everything, give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to know what God wants you to do? Give thanks. Now, I want them in the car. Got to sit down. Nobody gets in a car standing up. You sit down. Why? So we, we said, for example, uh, uh, the next thing is posture. What's your heart posture? Look in the dictionary. When it, the dictionary definition of the word heart is the heart is the seat of the emotions. But not only do you, I, I remember I was catching, a, a, a Uber was t picking me up, taking me to the hotel, and then take me back to the airport. And, and for me, as soon as I sit, I don't care where I'm sitting, the front, back, I don't care if it's a hotel shuttle. The, the next thing I'm looking for after I sit down is a seatbelt. And what God is saying is that not only is your heart the seat of the emotion, but make sure that your heart is secure because your insecurity will mess you up. One of the books that the elders are going through and, and one of the books that we're going through with, the, um, with our millennial and Gen Z uh, uh, staff members, meaning those who are 41 and under, is this book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. I guarantee you, you're gonna see some of the unhealthy things in your heart that, is, that God is gonna say, you need to correct that. Because many times there's things going on in your heart that you are not even aware of. In chapter 2, very powerful, he says um, the sad thing, and this is where Jesus got tempted in the wilderness, and the devil always tempt you. He will always, the devil will always try to attack your identity. And the three things that he will try to make your identity, our identity must be in Christ. Amen. Thank you for that one amen, honey. My identity must be in Christ. Thank you. My identity must be in Christ. Say that with me. My identity must be in Christ. Why? Because, I don't know why I'm going this way, but it's to help you. Uh, uh, the devil will tempt you three things to make your identity. Number one, your identity. He tries to make your identity in who you are. Who you are. What do you mean by who you are? In other words, uh, uh, he, 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 he will make your identity, sorry, in the things that you have. The things that you have. So I got to have a certain car. I have a... I have to have a certain uh, house, own certain clothes. He'll also try to make your identity in what other people say about you. Or he'll try to make your identity either in what people say about you. Anybody track with me? What people say about you, what you have, or what you do. What do you mean? You introduce yourself to somebody, and you say, well, what do you do? 
And depending on what they do, you don't say it, but in your heart, you're like, depending on what you do is going to determine whether you're worth my time or not. And we end up sometimes, watch this, embellishing what we do because we've allowed the devil, who is a liar, John 8, verse 44, to hijack our identity. In this room, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to this. Jesus did not pay a higher price on the cross for an alcoholic or for a doctor than he did an alcoholic. It's the same price. Precepts is, again, so now I'm starting a car, and precepts is the word of God. It is the, it is the ignition. It is the, it, is the, it is the car key that gets the motor running. And then, of course, the next thing you know is that, well, if I'm going to go someplace, I need to stare. I need a steering wheel, and that's prayer. Prayer is the gears. It's, it's the shift. It, I'm going forward or backward. And then, of course, after that, what else does God use to give me direction? He gives me direction through prayer. He gives me direction through praise. He gives me direction through my heart posture. He gives me direction through his word, the precept. But he also gives me direction through a pastor. Through a pastor. Through people who will pastor after his own heart. And again, I'll say to you that God gives pastors. You don't choose your pastor. This is not a restaurant. This is not a hotel. This is not even a school. What college are you going to? Well, I like, you know, this. I like Boston. Or I wanted to go to California. No, God gives pastors. And whether you go to this church or listen online, you better ask God where he wants you to go and who he wants you to be under. Because God has given you a pastor that is tailor-made for you for seasons in your life. I had a brilliant, a brilliant uh, professor said to me, in fact, I had two guys. One is a high-level uh, partner in a law firm, and another one is a, is, is, a, is a brilliant professor. And I'll never forget, they both said to me, you are the only one that I could have come to Christ to at that moment in my life. Now, is that for me to go, I'm the man? No, I really believe that God has specific people who are tailor-made for you so that he can get to you. So on one hand, I can feel like I'm special, but the other thing is as I got older, I realized that I am not everybody's cup of tea. And I can face that. Some of you are, ch- mm, I am pre- some of you are changing, you're trying to change your personality to please somebody. Just be who you are. Because who you are, somebody needs you. Somebody needs your sense of humor. Somebody needs, somebody needs your compassion. Somebody needs your sternness. There's some of you that people are like, I don't know, mess up. You got to get your act together when you're around that person. Somebody needs you in their lives to knock the foolishness out of them. Some of you are like, yeah, that's me, that's me. Be who you are. 
but allow the Holy Spirit to do in you what he needs to you because some of you are a little bit too much. Mm. Tell your name, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. We need some people who are going to get up on our face and not put up with our foolishness. Sometimes we need those people like you know, Deacon Vera who just hugs you, makes you feel good. But other times you need the type of people who are going to, and I'm not mentioning any names because, see, y'all thought I was going to mention some names. But that's how the body functions. Then we need partners. I always said, I said pastors, they're like, they're the lights. They're the windshield wipers. What do you mean? When the weather, when, when the storms of life hit, you need somebody to give you some perspective. When you're in a snowstorm, you can't see anything, you're wondering, am I going to make it? You need somebody who's going to say, it's going to be all right. When it's dark, the pastors, and when I mean pastors, I mean spiritual leaders, elders, not just the pastor, but spiritual leaders, uh, mothers in the, uh, who are spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers, people who you look up to, deacons, whatever they are, leaders, who, who when life gets tough and it's dark and you don't know what to do, these are the individuals who can turn on the light and they can see that though you are walking through darkness, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because there's some people who see more in you than you see in yourself. Ah, they need partners in your life. People, you need, you need close friends who, who will tell you the truth. Watch this, beside your spouse. Can I say something that's going to get me in trouble? Get me in trouble so you don't have to say it, but, you know, after 40 years, she, she, you know, where's she going now? I didn't finish my statement. And also, where am I going now? Oh, really? You know, you know. No, 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 there's, there's nothing to fix. There was nothing to fix. Look, look, when you do this long enough, this marriage thing, you realize that the only one who can put up with me is her. I am not, I have learned, and, and this will help you, I am not everybody's favorite flavor. And the more I'm with her, the more like, God, thank you. You have tailor-made a wife just for me. Let, me. let me let me be transparent. Can I be transparent? Okay, good, good. That's what you like about me. Because I tell you the truth. So after all this is over, you know, God bless you. Hey. Ah, praise the God. Oh, honey, darling. Oh, brother, friend. After this is over, I am a fake extrovert. I, I am Pastor Bishop on the stage. God bless you. Rejoice. But after this is over, 
I don't want to see anybody. I'm, I'm, see, all the introverts are like, yeah! The, anybody. Did I say anybody? I mean anybody. And she can deal with that. She's like, I'm giving him his space. Now, some of y'all, you want a husband that's going to be, nah, 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 and, and, and see, I'm not, see, I, I do, please, Lord, spare my wife's life forever. <laughs> because I know I would drive, I would drive someone crazy. Because it's like, no, I don't, no, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't even talk to you. Go, go to your room. <laughs> No, I'll tell you, I'll go in a room. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying that you need somebody outside of your spouse. Because she cannot talk to me about what it feels like to be a man. And I can't talk to her about what it, she's going through as a woman. So she needs sisters. She needs sisters. When we were having Vanessa, I couldn't explain to her, you know, you'll be all right. <laughs> Come on, honey, breathe. Shh, 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 shh. Remember what they taught us in the class? Shh, she need to talk to somebody who's been through something. Mm. Amen. Elder Jenny, where were you when she needed you? <laughs> Jenny has seven children. You want to know what it is? Go talk to her, okay? But my point is, is that you, and as a man, as a man, it's good to have mentors and, and brothers in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm. People who will tell you, dude, mm-mm. She is Delilah. <laughs> flee. Flee, you fool out. I take some of these brothers, I get brother. Mm, 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 mm. The best you can think you can do. Some of you young, young ladies, I'm thankful some of the young ladies, they're like, well, what do you think about this person? Just come to me. I'll tell you the truth. I mean, don't go back to them and tell them what I said. <laughs> I'll deny I said it, only kidding. <laughs> but the point is, is that you need, you need somebody who is going to, who, who has veto power in your life, who will give you cause to pause, who will make you say, hmm, I should, oh, let me think about that. Someone said it this way, and that's why I have the odometer. Odometer tells you how far you've gone and how far you can go. Think about this. Show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you how far you'll go. Who, what kind of friends are around you? If all your friends are not saved, 
you're in trouble. Because who are you going to say, pray for me? Well, you know, I'm, I'm checking out this young lady, and, and well, what do you think? Well, well he's going to tell you what he thinks. Him and his trifling self are going to tell you what he thinks. <laughs> or she isn't not going to say, she, if you have no unsafe friends, they're not going to pray with you. They say, he's fine. Look at his job. Man, First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 to 9. People look on the outside. God looks at the heart, but only God knows the heart. Bishop, you are preaching. Yes, I am. Now I'm in my car looking at my speedometer, meaning, okay, partners, how fast can I go? How fast can I go? I'm only going to go as fast as the people around me. Good people, people who will quote the word to me, people who will fast with me, people who will pray with me, people who will worship with me, people who I can be transparent with and tell them my darkest secrets. If I'm a guy, people who I can say, dude, man, I'm really wrestling with pornography. Who, who, can you, who can you really be your real self with? Because if you don't have those people in your life, pray for that person and God will bring that person in your life. But you'll be surprised that it may not be the person who you thought. Some of you have been praying for close friends. And the person who, send, who God sends to you, you don't like. You wanted it to be somebody else. Folks, this is not high school cafeteria where we all get to sit with the cool kids. See, you all want to be with the cool people. But maybe that person, you have no idea who God has loved you so much that, that you end up being a friend of somebody who lived halfway around the country, and the only reason they're at that school that you're at is because God is answering your prayer for a good friend. And that good friend may not be of the same color or the same culture. Let me preach up in here before I get some of you all in trouble, because some of you, you are so culture conscious that you have I don't know why I'm saying that you have already crossed off your list everybody who is not black or white or let me let me say this or Nigerian You better watch out for for that, for that culture stuff. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we can't, you know, that, that, that we can't have preferences, but in the final analysis, if God wraps your mate in a different package, yes. 
well, I don't like the way he dressed. And I don't like you and me, and I don't like, and I wanted somebody this way, and they're that way. And And ain't no black men around because the Lord, and the Lord's like, no, that's because I want to give you a white guy. I don't want a white guy. <laughs> Got to teach him how to dance. No, I can't. <laughs> I am only kidding. Relax. I'm only kidding. Only kidding. Saying, why are you cracking so many jokes? Because I'm, I'm, I'm talking some hard medicine. Because you're going to miss God if God gives you what he wants in a package you weren't expecting. You had professionals, they were called Pharisees, who prayed 400 years for the Messiah to come. He stands right in front of them, they answer to their prayer, and they call them the devil. I remember there's a young lady from MIT this is that we were one of the first people to, to, to have our own website. Uh, this amazing young guy named uh, Ryan Lee put together our website. And, and back then, you know, it, it was a, you know, it looked look primitive now, but bottom line is that when you're the first, it's like, woo. So anyway, she heard my preaching online. She came in the church and she found out quite quickly, that I was not who she thought I was. She thought I was white. And she came in, and I, and, and I admire her. In fact, her mom uh, recently was online and, uh, during the pandemic and said, but anyways, she, and she said, I walked in, I saw that you were black, and I said, oh, no. I got for her transparency. And she said, I heard the Lord say, sit yourself down and listen to this man. And 20 years later, she and her mom still speak highly of the church. My point is, is that you don't know what package God has for you to take you where he needs to take you but are you open to it? And that's what I call predicaments and problems, the temperature gauge. Some of the situations you're in or some of the problematic things you're in, could it be that you are the answer that God has sent to the problem? I was sharing with a young man who's in a horrible school He's, he's a teacher in a horrible school, and he, he keeps trying to get out of the school. And I said, dude, maybe God sent you to that school as, as his missionary. You keep trying to get out of the problem, but maybe you're the answer to the problem. Like David, when he showed up, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and Goliath is wrong. Nobody wanted to take on Goliath, so God sent David right into the problem. The good news is that as I, after I talked to him, I just found out recently that he started a prayer group with teachers in that school 
for the students who are having problems. My point is, is that stop complaining about the problem because the problem answer could be you. If something is agitating you, maybe it's I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated about people who are not treated white or immigrants or, or, or something is bothering you, you could be the answer to the problem, which is why God put you in the predicament. Gauge the temperature of what God is doing. Passion. I use passion as the odometer because, uh, because you will only go so far as your passion, but your passion has got to go the distance. And what I mean by that is that I have a passion for Cambridge. And I have, the, I have a passion for the gospel to, to be to be enlarged in Cambridge. I remember the Lord said to me, and I, and I have a passion for a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. That's my passion. I remember God asked me this question. He said, Brian, would you want a mega church with 5,000 people but they're all black? Or would you want a multi-racial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church that is, but you only have 500? I said, I'll take the 500. Why? Because I have a passion. I have a, a drive. And Jesus, the Bible says in, in, in Psalm 69, verse 8, I'm almost finished here, Psalm 69, verse 9, rather. Jesus, the Bible says, David says in the Psalm, the zeal of the Lord's house consumes me. And Jesus, as he's whipping people out of the house of God, out of the temple, because they're doing the wrong things. In John chapter 2, verse 17, he says, he says the, the zeal of the Lord's house consumed me. What consumes you? What's, what, what drives you? What pushes you? What, cause, what, what keeps you up at night that says, God, I want to do more for you in this area? Because... Because that thing, I, I've, been, I've been a believer for, 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 for over 50 years. I, I've been a pastor uh, 28 years this year. And, and, and some of the young guys, whenever I say that, they're like, wow. And, and especially from this area, they're like, whoa. Because you may not know this, but they consider, uh, I, was sitting, I was sitting next to the, uh, the, uh, the owner of Charisma Magazine. God, there's a whole bunch of Jehovah sneakers at this conference. And, and what, what I've discovered is that people consider New England the preacher's graveyard. People don't think, and, and some of you may, may have been in this boat, people don't think that there's any safe people in New England. Really? All right, see? Yeah. And, and, and so when I say I'm a pastor in New England, Cambridge, they're like, wow, dude, you... Like, like, I'm, like I'm a missionary <laughs> in the underground church in China, okay? <laughs> but my point is that you can't do what God has called you to do if you don't have passion. If you, if you can't burn for the things of God when everything else is cool around you. You gotta have a self-motor. You, you gotta... <laughs> 
You got to have, that's why I admire, I, I was raised in the church with, with women of God and men of God who, when nobody else showed up for prayer, they prayed. If you're waiting for a crowd, you don't have passion. You got to have the kind of fire that people can light their lives from. And people, people. God will use people to give you direction. If you say God has called you to be a teacher, and everybody in the cloud class, when you start teaching, <laughs> you may be an anesthesiologist, but you're not a teacher. I was listening to the amazing voices that were up here. You may want to sing, but we will find out if you have the gift of singing. And you may have the gift of singing, but we may not have the gift of listening. I'm just saying, look, Him, so he's trying to help you. Some, some of us have aspirations because, again, we have heart problems. And we aspire to certain things only because of the fact that we want an identity of being liked. But people... God will use people to confirm. I call that the rearview mirror, meaning that I've had people say stuff to me that I didn't know it was God until I reflected on a conversation. It's like, wait a minute. That wasn't such and such. That was God speaking to me. God will use your enemies to speak to you. How will God use my enemy? He'll, he will show you that you have a bad temper. But we rebuke to say, that's the devil. God said, no, I, I've sent that person to get on your nerve because you're impatient. In fact, I've given you that spouse Because I want to deal with an area in your life that you've been running away for from a while. But you can't run from this because you got up in front of all those people and said, for better or worse. Do, do you realize, you, you all better listen to some of these words you be saying. You've been watching too much YouTube. You don't watch the wedding reception. You are, the, the wedding, you watch the reception. You are, some of you are already planning. Okay, my, my, my ushers, when they come in, my groom, and my bride, and I'm going to get 100 
thousand hits on my reception video and they be throwing money <laughs> I can hardly wait and after all and we're gonna go to Tahiti and for our wedding and we're gonna have a getaway wedding and a destination wedding and all of that and after you had the, your nice one week then comes the years You wake up in the morning, he doesn't have on that nice toxin. She doesn't have all that. <laughs> and you realize, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is till death. This is, this is not till we get on each other's nerves. You all better listen. This is not till I'm no longer in love. This is to death. And you're the one who not only did you say it, to this person with these folks that you picked out to be in your party, but then you had the nerve to invite 200 people to hear you make those promises. And then to make matters even better, you had it videotaped and recorded. <laughs> folks, this is serious business. And God uses people to deal with things in our lives because he's trying to perfect our walk with him. And the final thing as I'll pray is the peace of God. The peace of God. I, I call that the oil. Found out that our, well, unless you have an electric car, but cars that take oil, make sure that, make sure that there's not friction that wears out the other parts. We need the oil of the Lord, the peace of God, that even when things aren't going right, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts. God, our minds in Christ Jesus. Scripture says, follow after peace. Follow after peace. I can be in a situation where hell is breaking no loose and the devil's trying to chase me. I can't tell you how many times the devil tries to chase me out of the will of God. But the peace of God, the peace of God will keep you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Could you just take a few moments and
just ask the Lord to direct your steps, to order your steps. God, I need your guidance. God, help me to pay attention to the indicators. Help me to hear what you're saying with a pure heart. Father, your, your word says that when I'm corrected, it's, it, it, it's not always gonna feel good, but you said in your word, who the Lord loves, he corrects. Help us to be humble, Lord, to allow you to finish your work. Lord, I, I sincerely believe sincerely believe that this is a season that you're moving the church into and our church into a place that's going to be so unusual so magnificent so much what we've been waiting for that we have to pay attention to the indicators so that we don't mess up what you're doing Remove the scales from our eyes so that we can see your plan. Send the right people into our lives to make sure we don't make bad decisions. Lord, I am so grateful to have people around me who I can turn to and say, hey, what do you think? And if they say something different than what I'm feeling, even if I may not agree, we have the kind of relationship and the kind of track alert that I'll at least put it on pause to say, well, let me, let, me make, let me ponder what they said because, God, you put them in my life. Father, I believe that this sermon, this message, this series is going to save many people. Many people from just horrible decisions that that will take them years to recover from. And no matter how old or young we are, we just don't have time in this season to be making up for lost time. So Father, I pray in your name that we will look back at the end of 2023, we will look back on this second month of 2023, look back and say, man, that, that, that series was the one that it, it, it helped me to gain clarity to make sure that I get to where God wants me to go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your patience, folks. I, I, want, to, I want to bless the volunteers just before, as we dismiss. If you're a volunteer in this church, whether you're a camera person or hospitality, welcome team, small group leader, prayer, whatever you volunteer for, it doesn't matter. I, I want to bless you. And so could you, if you're a volunteer, could you stand at this time? I was, want to make sure that I bless you. Uh, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can we give God praise for these? Thank you so much.
Thank you, camera people. Thank you, media. media. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I want to bless you. Uh, I want to bless you. It's death and life are in the power of the tongue, and I want to bless you. The word bless is a, it's an only English word, actually a German word, it's blodesen, and it means to hallow with blood. It means hallow with blood, to value with blood, and each and every one of you are valuable because of the blood of Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you will bless each and every individual, our volunteers, bless them indeed, give them your successful and sustaining grace. Lord, I, you just recently showed me that the word volunteer literally means of one's own will. Father, I thank you that these, these individuals don't get paid, but of their own volition, they're helping to push this ministry forward. Enlarge their boundaries, enlarge, increase their sphere of influence, multiply your grace in their lives for your kingdom purposes. Father, let your right hand, your hand of power be upon them and in their lives. Lord, help them to live on the provision that comes from your hand and not from their own hands. Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit daily. Give them God encounters. Like a chess piece, keep your hand on their lives to move them into strategic places that you have for them. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will form Christ in the hearts and lives of these individuals according to Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Father God, keep them. Grant them your sustaining grace. Keep them from evil. Keep evil from them. Keep them from temptations. Keep them safe. Keep them in good health. Keep them from doing anything that destroy their pur your purpose and destination for their lives in you. Save them from themselves and save us from the devil. Lord, I just bless them. And let them see the tangible results of being blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody stand. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for every individual who's online. Thank you for the patience of your people. I know, uh, I know this message was lengthy, but Lord, I, I just really sense that this is a critical time in folks' lives where they're making certain decisions, including myself. And I pray, Lord, that we can all look back and see the fruit of knowing the answers that can only come from heaven. Open our eyes, let the scales drop from our eyes so that we can see, oh, that's what God has been doing and I didn't even know it. Help us to be like Jacob, who when he had an encounter with you, seeing angels ascending and descending, that when he woke up in the morning, he said, God was in this place and I didn't even recognize it. And the beauty, the beauty of it is that though, though Jacob realized didn't, though Jacob did not realize that God was in the place, he didn't miss God. And so, Father, I pray that none of us miss 
the doors of opportunities and the places that you have for us. When we're ignorant of it, when we're going the wrong way, I pray that you'll send people in our lives to cause us to repent, to turn around, so that we don't miss what you're doing. And so, Lord, we give you all the glory and honor and praise. Bless your people this week. Give them an amazing week, Lord. And again, bring people into their lives and open their eyes to circumstances and so that they don't miss everything that you have for them this week. And so we bless you in the name of the Lord. And everybody say, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.